What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo Gig News and Interviews. I'm your host, Steve. Let's get it on. What's happening, everybody? Happy 2023. That's right. 2024. <laughs> That's right. 2025? I don't know. Who knows? Throw a, throw a dart. Who cares? <laughs> Just kidding. Happy 2024, everybody. It is January 2nd, and this is the first Rideshare Rodeo podcast of the new year, episode 311. That's right, folks. We are crushing it. The website is crushing it. The, the podcast is crushing it. Um, all socials are crushing it. We're, we're doing great here. And we're looking at a very good year. And I'm talking in terms of things I've lined up and staying in the mix because it's going to be a year of fights for sure. Um, it is going to be a year where every time I get a little peep whether it be from Kim Cavan, Karen Anderson, Mike Harubi, any of the other people I talk to um, um, labor laws about, because labor law in almost half of the states in the United States are trying to pull in the gig economy in a big way. And there is many reasons for this. We'll see if we get into any of those this week. Uh, next week, I have something special lined up for you guys on the audio podcast, because we are going to talk about illegal immigration with somebody who is very familiar. In fact, Yesterday, January 1st, we had another 250 illegals dropped here in Denver at 2 a.m. on a corner. Three buses dropped on a corner at 2 a.m. And nowhere near a bus stop, nowhere near a police station. It was done up in the industrial area where they keep doing it. And these people get off. They don't speak English. Everything is pitch dark. It's industrial area. They have nowhere to go. They don't even know where they are. So, you know, do we have, do I have, uh, do I have sympathetic feelings for those people? 100%. Do, do I know what those people were told? Here's something I do want to address before next week. Do, do I know what those people were told when they got off the buses or when they crossed into the country? No, I don't. And that's something I really want to hear. Are these people being told things that are not true at all when they leave? Now, they're leaving places for different economic um, uh, um, people in charge of countries. They're coming up this way because of problems way beyond their control. We have problems way beyond our control. I mean, I literally had a person... <laughs> and, I, you know, look, guys, this this one isn't political at all. I just found this to be extremely funny because I was talking about something um, with the current economic state. And, you know, I said, well, let's just wait till the the next election happens, because everybody on both sides of the aisle knows there needs to be a change. What that change will be, I can't tell you. Um, 
I can't tell you if it'll be a Republican, a Democrat, and we pretty pretty much know it won't be an independent, which I am an independent voter. Um, but that doesn't mean I vote for independent candidates. It just means I vote on each candidate per. But I had somebody I was leaving in the comments, you know, like we are in a recession. I've said this many times. Um, you know, inflation's through the roof. We're in a recession. Every once in a while, I get a comment from you know, I'll get like. 40 comments that say, dude, big time. We've been so in a recession. Every once in a while, I get a comment that says, we're not in a recession. And if you look at the numbers, it proves it. Yeah, I'm not going to look at the numbers from the current administration that barely squeak us past a recession that probably are incorrect. I'm going to be honest with you guys here, as I always am, that, look, those numbers are always skewed. Doesn't And I'm not blaming one party or the other. If it was the other party, they'd skew them too. Of course they do. That's their job. They want re-election. So of course they don't say, hey, we're failing across the board. But I had one comment that just, and this person had left a comment before saying, we're not in a recession and it's proven. And I was going to reply to it, but it, this was about four weeks ago on a video. And I had at least 10 other people reply to it going, dude, where do you live? What are you talking about? And quit quit regurgitating what mainstream media says. And I'm not just dousing on mainstream media, but at this point, guys, I'm not... Look, I want to put it clear. Mainstream media, I'm not against. I'm not against it. We need, we need media. The best media you have is your local media, and even that's tainted. But mainstream national media is beyond tainted. Before you listen to mainstream, any mainstream media that you choose, make sure that you look at who their biggest five investors are. Because if their biggest five investors are companies that you don't believe in, or you're like, wait a minute, I, nothing they say makes sense. Maybe you should find a different publication to listen to or to, to watch or read or however you take in your news. I take in news from all of them, even the ones I hate, and I balance it out to my opinion. So. But what I will say is the person left a comment and they had left one before and they got doused by other people. So I just left it. I don't need, I reply to all comments, but I don't need to if my comment is going to be pretty much the same as the other 10 people that left comments. So the same person left a comment that said, uh, I don't know why you keep saying we're in a recession. Bidenomics is working. And, and we are seeing proof in the economy. Okay. For those listening on the podcast, I just did a head explosion emoji type thing with my hands of my brain going all over the ceiling, walls, and floor. Because really, really, do you really think... <laughs> I, I don't even know how I do this with a straight face. Do you really think Bidenomics is working? I to be honest, I'm I'm embarrassed by the word Bidenomics. If I was him, I would just go get away from that and just be like, look, you know, we're doing what we can. But don't have it, don't make it a legacy on your name because as soon as this presidency passes, it's gonna be dissected, ripped apart, and shown the guts of what you really did. And this administration has trashed the country. So there's my intro to the new year. This administration has trashed the country. I don't care who you vote for. I literally, even if it is weak sauce, and I think we all know who that is, even if it is weak sauce, 
Go out and vote. Everybody needs to vote. But here's what I will say. If you're just voting on party because you've always been affiliated with a party, guess what? If you're a registered Democrat or registered Republican, you can still vote against your party. Me being independent just shows that I don't have faith in either party. I don't believe in a two-party system. And it actually leaves me out of primary. So when we're voting, uh, let's say there's nine Republicans, nine Democrats who want to be POTUS. I can't vote. Like, so if I was a registered Republican or a registered Democrat, I could vote for out of those primary people who I'd like to see on the ticket be the front runner. I can't participate in that. That's a right they've taken away from independent contractors or from independent voters. Sorry. Um, and so here's the thing. So, but I don't really care because I know it really does come down to two candidates. That's the sucky system we live in. So I'm okay with that. You guys pick who the two front runners will be, and then I will dissect the crap out of them. More importantly, though, I like to be able to vote all over the board. And I think that being a registered independent voter shows you are not on the side of either party. And that scares both parties. And it should. In my opinion, we should all be in the, they shouldn't have. Here, here's a question for you guys. And maybe I'm wrong. But if you have an answer, please leave it in the comments. Why should we be registered for either party? Why should you be a registered Democrat? Why should you be a registered Republican? My point is, maybe you always do vote that way, but why does the why do we need to have the states and federal government know which party you're registered to? Why should they know that? Because my only take on it is that it gives them a better sense of how much money they need to spend in each each state. Oh, well, we have this many registered, and even though polls are wrong all the time and things can change, sure, but if they know they have 70% blue state, 30% red, or another state knows it's 70% red, 30% blue, they're not really in jeopardy of losing that election to the other side. So what they do is they reallocate money to go to other states where the fight is more important. I get that the fight is important, but have us all be unregistered. You should have no insights at all. I mean, if you want to do polling and people want to participate, go ahead. But we know polling is a joke. We know that when you do the polling, you're taking a very, you're taking a maybe a decent sized sample size. But at the same time, you don't know who you're getting. What you're doing at outside grocery stores and stuff. Yeah, you might be able to go, well, I'm in blue collar neighborhood. They'll, I'll get this. But that's kind of my point. I mean, they'll go where they need to go to show their what they want to show and prove. So why should we put on paper who we're affiliated with? Because I'm not affiliated with anybody. I'm not affiliated with either of these trash parties. I am affiliated with the United States of America and making sure that we're all treated correctly, that things don't get too scandalous, and that things don't get too dirty and corrupt. Guess what? With the two-party system, all we've seen is corruption, 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 corruption. And then you have the big money stuff. So for many years, we had big money tobacco. We still do, but it's not as big. Now we have tech. Um, we'll have this, that, the other. Look at super funding, all this kind of stuff. It needs to go away. It needs to go away. There needs to be a limit. And that limit needs to be very low too. I'm not saying like, you know, like let's say that XYZ can only donate 10 grand, but they really believe in their party. Let's say that that was the limit. 
okay, but without a limit, why can the tobacco companies and through subsidiary accounts too donate $50 billion or $50 million to a campaign? Again, it's just too many loopholes. There should be no parties. That's my opinion. Now, in Texas, Governor Abbott is shipping illegals all over the country. If, depending on what news you watch, you might believe that what he's doing is wrong. I can tell you this. I know enough people in Texas where they're suffering worse than all the states they're shipping out to. So don't think that everybody that crosses, crosses the border illegally, because we just saw the stats for uh, the last 30 days, and that was the most illegal crossings ever in history. So most of them remain in Texas, just so you know. And then there's a thing called the gotaways. I don't know if you guys know that. There's the illegal headcounts, but then there's the gotaways. And you'd be surprised. So what was it? 200 or something, 300,000 last month um, illegals entered the country, but there were 60,000 gotaways, meaning they weren't even checked in by Border Patrol. They weren't even assigned a court date, which most people don't show up for anyway. Um, we know that New York is now offering uh, any illegal that has been shipped by Governor Abbott to New York City is being offered a plane ticket to anywhere in the United States they want to go for free. First of all, they don't have a passport. They have an illegal ID, not even a, a temporary green card status illegal ID. They have illegal IDs. There is so much crap going on. Now, when I say, now I need to go back to the Governor Abbott thing to make a little sense of what happened here, because we've been having people dropped here all year. Last year, or in 2023, we had over 3,800 illegals brought here on buses and midnight dropped at locations that are not bus stops. Those are complete illegal immigration um, policies. They're they're causing danger for us. They're causing danger for our people. Um, this most recent drop was done about 10 blocks from my son's high school. You got to realize that a lot of these people get off the bus and they just stay right there. They don't even walk 10 blocks, 20 blocks to see where they are or what to do. They just stay right there. So now I have a whole situation going on by my son's school, and it is not safe. Every one of these that happens is not safe, by the way. And I'm not saying everybody that's entering illegally is not a safe person, but a lot of them aren't. And a lot of them get to places like this. It's wintertime now. People are struggling. for. We know that they're already. a lot of them will end up illegally on platforms. But guess what? You, We're all struggling, and we live here legally. Like I was, I was going through the process. I got my son a, um, an entry level car um, for his senior year, you know, to finish out his senior year and to try and help him out a little bit. He needed it. I went through all the processes. I did the emissions. I did the registration. I did the insurance. I, I'm going back for the permanent tags here in Denver. I don't know about where you guys live. We have temporary tags dating back to before the pandemic, 2019, 2020, 2021 that are expired by far. Those are the expiration dates on these temporary tags. And to be honest, it's pretty sickening because I just spent 
thousands of dollars doing all this correctly. And people are driving around with illegal plates or no plates. And it, I'll tell you something. Police have become scared to pull these people over, not out of fear of them, but out of fear of lawsuits or being charged with things that where they'll lose their jobs. And they didn't do anything. So am I a 100% cop supporter? To the good cops, yes. To the bad cops, no. So am I 100%? No, but... I believe in a system. I do not believe at all in defund the police. If you guys think that defund the police completely is a good idea, I really don't know what you're thinking because I mean, who's going to who's going to do the serious stuff? Now, okay, I don't I would love to live in a world where parking enforcement cops were reduced by half. <laughs> you know, and and more like emergency parking situations. Don't just write a ticket because he's five minutes over on a meter. Make that guy a cop. Make him a cop in the police station if they don't want to be a street cop. Up their level a little bit and give them some more responsibilities because we have more people writing parking tickets than we do taking care of any of the of the day-to-day -day police situations in this city. And most cities kind of follow that same trend. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. I've been up snowboarding for the last couple days, cleared my mind, um, but I got a little bit of a cough um, and a little bit of a stuffy nose, but that's okay. That happens sometimes in the mountains, and we are still dealing with a no-snow situation out here. So, But that just happened, so guess what? Yesterday was January 1st. January 1st, in the midnight hours, they just dropped off over another 200 illegals. And why do you think they waited till the, why didn't it happen on the 31st? First of all, do you guys know why? Because it would have put the amount of illegals we let in in Colorado in 2023, over 4,000. By waiting till the first, they are able to claim, no, 3,800 were let in. Now already in the first day, 250 have been let in. So now what? Is this going to continue and get worse and worse and worse? Um, it's amazing to me that our border czar is the vice president of the current administration and she has not visited the border. She does nothing about it. I don't know why we don't put somebody in charge who actually works with border patrol and understands what they're going through. Um, again, guys, I'm not trying to get political here. I'm just saying that we're facing an insurgency that isn't just hitting the gig economy, gig app economy. It's going to hit all of the independent contractorships because that's the easiest way for these guys to claim money. Now, under, under past administrations, about one-fifth of the amount of illegals during a presidency get in as during this current administration. Um, one-fifth we just have to deal with. That just happens. But this many is actually, I've said this before, I'm going to say this many is, I don't know how we get this. I don't know our path. To get out of this out and the problem is that even once people in charge change how do you get rid of 10 million people entered illegally they don't show up for their court cases once they are in it's a real bind to get them out and usually they're not even got out and i've before too like if i go to another country okay i'm my, my family sent is mostly finnish if i go to finland even though I'm from there, and maybe I'd have a little better luck, but even though my family heritage dates back to there, within six months, I have to have a working visa 
not a visiting visa, a working visa. And guess what? If I don't, they will make sure I get on a plane and leave. You know, and, and if, if not that, I at least will never be able to get any kind of work there at all. So what I got to say is, why are why is every other country in the world, I know that we're the free nation, but are we free anymore or have we just destroyed it? Because we're not the nation that we claim to be anymore. Now we're the nation of, and we've always been of immigrants. That's how we started. But we have to have a system on letting them in. Because the world is going wrong everywhere. We can't just say, hey, we're the safe haven. Because we're A, we're not the safe haven. We're not safe at all. Um, B, we have we have issues we should be tackling that we don't because of the problems being created that are unnecessary. <sighs> okay, I had to vent that. It's the new year. If you guys didn't listen to my last year's new year or the the first year's new year after i'd been doing the podcast which was 2020 if you go back to 2021 audio podcast always the first one of the year is a little bit uh different than the other ones the very first one was just me going whoa what a dumpster fire year and it it was more comical but i had to vent that because i think this is an issue that nobody I do know some other podcasters in audio world who are talking about this stuff, even if their space isn't direct with this. Um, because I do a lot of other socials, especially YouTube, I got to say that I don't, I don't hear enough people talking about this on YouTube. You can talk about this without saying the keywords that get your channel in trouble. If you've noticed, I use current administration. I could very easily pin it on a person's name. But the other party that potentially will be the other runner, I'm not going to plug him either. <laughs> so look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not looking to get my channel in trouble. I'm not on the audio podcast. I could say whatever I want, but I'm hoping that I don't get in too much trouble here today on this single take and that I get to post this on YouTube. So again, happy new year, you guys. I hope you guys made it through. I hope, I hope that you found a way to make the holidays as awesome as possible because I, I happen to talk to so many of you on a weekly, monthly, sometimes more basis. Um, I talk to people all around the country and that's been one of the coolest things about this podcast is I feel like I know gig workers in, I mean, I do in every state, but in some states I know a lot. Um, I've met some congressmen. I've met some, uh, I've met other lawmakers. I've, I've met people who are the 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 writers behind these lawmakers i i've really gotten into the inside of all this and we need to fix a lot of things one of the things in the gig economy i've mentioned it many times i call it triple oversaturation i do that again to be careful because i'm not going to say any kind of other term that ties it to what it really is even though we know that that is mostly people renting accounts buying accounts. And I got to tell you, I went on Facebook Marketplace. Um, I had seen Kim and Zach on Money Hungry talk about this. And I went on Facebook Marketplace and I was looking after they did it and I saw what they were talking about. Now I'm seeing um, accounts for 50 bucks, $50. You can have a DoorDash account off Facebook. A couple things there. I don't know how for $50, like let's say I was going to sell my DoorDash account or what however you do this kind of thing 
first of all, I don't see how I would, I would never, even if I was getting out of this game and, and I definitely wouldn't for 50 bucks, but if I did, even though that I'm going to turn that account over to somebody else, who's then going to tie it to their bank account and they don't have to do anything more. And now they have an account to work illegally. How on earth am I, is everybody who's doing this just pretending like they're not getting the 1099s that say that they earned X amount? Because all these people renting out these accounts for 50 bucks aren't going to be able to afford to pay the independent contractor taxes that come with the people who are renting them and earning more. It makes no sense to me. And there must be some trick in there that still, no matter how much I've talked to people, I don't see, I don't understand. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a big mess, you guys. So again, happy new year. <laughs> and I do mean that. I really hope everybody had a happy new year. I know a lot of people worked. I hope that working was profitable for you. Um, I hope, uh, if it wasn't that you got out early and had a good new year's, I hope you got some time with the family. Um, we never saw the December pickup, um, the November to through the holidays never happened. We never saw any, I mean, Again, there are markets, there are apps, there are platforms in specific markets where people can say, I did a lot better. I'll be an example. Curry in December was very good to me. Curry's always pretty good to me, but that's the first December Curry's ever been good to me. And I, I don't mean that they're bad to me in other years. It's just they didn't have the amount of offers in December. Now it's more than just paint by a lot. And more than just paint and plumbing. So it's there's all kinds of things to do on Curry. So I'm I'm really enjoying the fact of this year for me, it's about transparency, honesty, and working with good companies. If they start growing more, 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 Curry's been around for years. I mean, in April, I will have been on the platform for three years now. <clears throat> but if more platforms like Curry, whether they go huge, become giants, or stay small, Stay honest and transparent, no matter what the pay is, as long as they're showing me all the details, I can't complain. Now, the games, DoorDash is going to be one of the biggest because here we go with legislation. And guys, over the next three to four weeks, we're going to be talking about a lot. I'm already starting to organize some things this week, um, not for this week, but for the rest of the month. Um, the next one that I we have for sure organized is in. Is it the 22nd? So I think it'd be like, I think it's like three weeks out from today. Um, or maybe it's on a Tuesday. Mike Harubi and I will be doing a live. Um, Karen Anderson, uh, Kim Cavan, and Mike and I did one, um, the four of us in November. And we will be doing another one as soon as the uh, rule change goes into place. There's been a couple hiccups there, but something, it, it might not be the full thing, but something is going to be going in place here before the end of this month. So we will be talking about that at quite length. Um, I'm trying to follow all this and help you guys. And we, I'll make sure that if I'm confused, I am asking the experts how to best present this to you guys. Okay. So um, if you guys ever look up Uber and Lyft or DoorDash and Instacart or whatever stocks and see how they're doing, I'm sure you've seen, if, if you ever do any like kind of Google search for news, I'm sure you've seen what I've seen. One day you see Seeking Alpha or this or that or the other, or some of these, you know, Investopia or 
whatever saying, oh, Uber's a buy. And then the next day, the same place, oh, Uber's a sell. Don't hold Uber, hold Uber. I mean, they're all over the map. One thing that came in at the end of the year, um, it was very specific to Uber. And I found it in like three or four different articles, all by the same uh, or all on the same level um, of these are very reputable firms. They actually put a number out. It was put out on the 27th of December, and it was $60 a share. It said that the investors are worried. Basically, all these reports said investors are worried Uber has finally topped. And there was a lot of talk about the things I talk about. They're not a tech company. Now, investors have been very slow on the uptake for that. And so it finally got to the point where they said if Uber stock drops beneath $60 a share, it is not a tech company. It is a transportation dispatch company. To be dubbed that is to be dubbed a taxi company and it's a nail in the coffin. Now, will Uber go away? No, it'll still be around. Taxis are still around. It just means the quality of service, the quality of drivers, the pay to drivers, and how much customers are charged will all go in the wrong direction. And everybody will lose except for Uber, who will try to make a slimline margin profit. However, that's $60, you guys. They're like $1 above it right now. Now, this is investors. And around the 27th, now there's a sell-off at the end of the year, and especially in a bad year. But People are selling off Uber. Now, today I looked and there was a bunch of articles about, well, Uber could be a long hold. No, 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 no. They had it right here. If it drops beneath 60 bucks, they've had their chance. They fell way below it. They came back up. Lyft was starting to fall. Lyft seems to be coming back. Not coming back. Don't get me wrong. Lyft, if Lyft is around one year from today, I'll be shocked. I'll be happy because we need that kind of competition. Otherwise, we get into the word monopoly. But if Uber drops beneath 60 bucks, even the investors say it is a simply a transportation dispatch company. If you look into history, go see how many big investors put their money into transportation companies. Now, this would be like any kind of bus tech, um, any, of course, taxis, limousines. Go see how many people put their money in there. Nobody. Because the slimline margins are like next to nothing. So real investors aren't putting money in. Not a chance. Um, it's been more of like hedge funding and stuff like that. Trying to make like uh, day trades and stuff. But that's even over. People are going to move on to better things to put their money into. Because they know it's such a black cloud over this. That even if they're day trading or whatever. There's nothing to be done there. Something major has to change. You know. One of the biggest uh, surprises to me is that um, now I don't think I'll redefine my position on it unless they start treating the drivers better. But Instacart has a foothold on some things that might turn out fairly well for them this year. Um, most of which is snap benefits and things of that nature, which we've never had a company who does, uh, you know, who has had every state under their snap benefits. So, of course, that's going to help. But the fact that they took um, $8 minimum base pay order from DoorDash or Instacart down to 7 
and then down to four. Look, guys, this ain't heading the right direction. It's heading the same direction as giving SNAP benefits and all this out because here's the thing. They're trying to, they're taking it and moving it more to a traditional nonprofit. Well, you can't have independent contractor drivers working for this nonprofit. You can, but you can't have it with oversaturation and this and that and the other. And with some of the legislation coming down, it's nasty. I can tell you my own state of Colorado, Minnesota, um, New Jersey, uh, New Hampshire, and Pennsylvania are all looking at the New York model. Now, God help us, because I don't, if that New York model hits here, thank God I do a lot of curry and that I'm off branding things. Um, you know, I had a talk with a friend of mine here in Denver, Tony, and I was telling him about Fetch. Tony onboarded to Fetch. He's a friend of mine. Um, and uh, I got to say that um, I don't see the best amounts of orders or, or dollar amount orders on it yet. But however, I've seen some clever things. Fetch does these three-hour blocks. And from what I can tell, I have not been able to take one yet. They're, they say from 2 to 5 p.m., right? So it might be crossing, and some of them are 2 to 4, which is great. But that might be crossing into your dinner a little bit. But two to four, let's just say two to four for a minute. That's pretty dead time for a lot of us. I mean, we might do okay on some apps, but, um, and I've, I get some curries in those and whatnot. But these are like um, short mileage. Um, from what I can tell, you go into uh, office buildings and deliver like 15 packages within that office building. So it's not a lot of mileage. It's some exercise and it's part of your time. And even in the training videos, they say, you know, best to have a little cart you know, a two, uh, you know, like a four wheeler cart or something. I know a lot of people have those for catering and whatnot, but makes sense. You take some packages, you do that, but it's a lot less miles, but the hourly still down a bit. It seems to range here in Denver anyway, from anyway, from 21 to 24, $25 an hour. Uh, but the blocks are there almost every day from two to four, two to five. And there's two pickup locations. So I'm going to be checking that out, even though I don't, that amount of money isn't what it's about to me. But Fetch wasn't doing that great until about three months ago when it did something to switch the, the narrative on how they're going to, per, what they're going to be doing and how they're going to perform. And so maybe they've got this new idea that might work a little better. I know they're playing on some of the, on some of the losses of Viho. I know they're playing on, kind of being like a gap filler for like Amazon Flex. Like that's why they're coming in at two. But one of the things they're doing very clever is they're hitting it at the time when a lot of us are have what we call our down hours. So if you know you can only pick up one or two DoorDashes for four bucks each between two and four, maybe you are better doing the fetch blocks at, you know, and the fetch blocks come through as it, let's say, okay, let me see if I can pull up my, my most recent one. Um, okay. So, so today, 9.57 a.m., a new block is available for $82 on January 2nd. That's today. Um, from Denver 1, it says D-E-N-1. Now, when you go through the training video, it shows you how many different locations there are to pick up from for Fetch. We only have two. We have Den 1 and Den 2. Den 1 is right downtown. It's very close to me. But $82 from 2 to 5. 
Now, you will be paid $82 to do that block. Now, when I was talking to my friend Tony, we kind of think this is like an Amazon Flex, but it's so local that you're not getting out to rural areas where you could get stuck for a while and whatnot. So maybe um, it's the same type of thing. Can you get that three-hour block done in two hours? Because yes, $82 for three hours doesn't sound like the best. But if you, but if it is just hey this is your this is what we need you to deliver, it won't take past five. But if you can do it in two hours, well, forty one dollars an hour is pretty good. If you're putting on on this one, when I looked at the map, it was going to be like six miles of driving because it was two stops of deliveries. My point is, you know, if you can cut down on those, if you can cut down on that kind of time. If you're getting a little more exercise, those kind of things are good for you. Now, if you're if you can't, you know, and, and and maybe they'll keep rising in price. Who knows? I know that they're starting to do better and better and better. So check into fetch. You guys, one thing in this new year that I will not be doing, I will not be using any affiliate links um for companies. Uh I still heavily endorse curry. So go sign up for curry. And with Paraworks, I am very much all over Paraworks. Half of my week is spent doing Paraworks stuff and trying to come up with better ways to earn whatnot. But I also will not have an affiliate. My affiliate links are coming off because I do endorse certain things. But when people ask me, where's your affiliate link? I don't need it anymore. I don't want you. I want to tell you my experience. And then I want you to decide if you want to do it. Um, you should be able to do a little research. Um, if you decide you just want to do it blindly, go ahead. There's no harm, no foul. You can try it. But I just don't want people saying, hey, I've tried and I can't make any money on curry. I've had a couple people tell me that. I've had a lot of people tell me success stories. Some markets aren't curry saturated yet. And I don't mean curry driver saturated. I mean, they don't have the customers yet in your area. But trust me, curry's goal is to be everywhere. And they are in all the states. They're just not in every city yet. Um, so they're working on it. So good. We need more companies like that and Paraworks and Delivered and Deliver That, which I'm not on Deliver That yet. But I believe in these smaller companies who have seen the problems and are trying to do something different about them. <clears throat> so with the downgrade of Uber and Lyft, if we see that, if you guys don't watch often, watch the ticker. If you see Uber stock fall beneath 60 bucks, realize even its investors, and this is the first time we've ever heard this, even its investors not are going to be bearish or bullish, which we see all the time, but they will, they have, I, I, I don't know exactly how it's $60 that they've come to this threshold, but these are investors who've been doing this their whole lifetime, even investment firms. And they're saying under 60, this is nothing more than a transportation company, dispatch company, at which point I would think it will even fall more. It will not go out of business because it's global, but it will fall even more. Now, that said, the gig economy is not going anywhere. But I think that this is going to be year one of some major revisions, including making it inclusive into today's economy. Because with all the millions, tens, you know, tens of millions of people, whether it be part-time, full-time, whatever, working in the gig economy, a W-2 model, a franchise model, none of that works. So a lot of the legislation we're going to be talking about over the next few months just won't work out of the gate. Um, so 
Uh, okay. I don't know if you guys saw this lift. Um, I think this was on New Year's. Uh, on New Year's Eve, Lyft had a glitch. So if you were working Lyft and you went to cash out the next day, um, the drivers were unable to get their money. Um, Lich, uh, uh, <laughs> Lich, it's <laughs> a great name, actually. Uh, Lyft claimed it to be the glitch. Okay, so I, I, I really think there needs to be a glitch committee or something like that that investigates every every time one of these companies says glitch some some committee needs to jump on that and go show me the glitch show me the code show me the glitch because i want to know what that glitch was because you got to realize if now i'm not saying they did this but if think about this biggest night of the year for rideshare if they hold up you pulling your earnings out for one to two days, depending on what market you're in, do you know how much money they can make in two days using all the driver's earnings from Lyft and investing into even just day trade, even over out of, out of country in other markets they could be trading? Do you understand how much money they could make on all drivers in the U.S. money in two days? It's like they could make that much for the company and then give you that much. So it's like they could double the money, EPAF, and then just give you the rest. So these glitches can't be acceptable. And I think there needs to be a way where when they say, oops, glitch, that until the glitch is solved, that money is moved to some kind of some kind of holding. You know, like, okay, well, what did your drivers earn? Well, they all were should have been paid this, but we had a glitch. Okay, well, let's move that money to here so you can't invest in and touch it. Um, but that's that's just it's I don't know why it bothered me so much, but it did because it's on New Year's. A lot of people work rideshare on New Year's because they need that extra money after Christmas. Now they weren't able to access it. I know some people in some markets who still can't get their money today. It's Tuesday, January 2nd. They can't get their money and they worked 10 hours on New Year's Eve. Killed themselves working, you know, dealing with the crowds, with the bad traffic, with drunk drivers, all that kind of stuff. And they can't get their money. Now, um, we still have places like Winnipeg. Winnipeg is now in what I remember from 10 years ago. Winnipeg is a neck and neck battle with taxis. And Uber, to me, I'm like, dude, it's 2024. What didn't all that taxi Uber thing happen between like in California? It was like 2009, 10, 11. But in most places, when they start outreaching, 2014 to 20, early 2017 was the Uber Lyft, the rideshare versus taxi industry, and then it started becoming Uber and Lyft, mostly Uber abusing cities like new york and learning their patterns and allowing dispatch to cabs through that but then we learned over in australia that lyft made that same or uber made that same kind of deal and yet they said yeah we'll put you on there and we'll dispatch your cabs but they made the cabs more than the uber cars which they weren't so they were not only tacking on the extra fees, they were making it so that why would you choose a cab? We've got a nice Uber car for you for much cheaper. And that was a completely illegal move. And they deal with that. 
to be honest, I think that's something that we're all going to see here soon with DoorDash in New York. I've been saying it. Um, it's we're exact. I think we're a month out. It's either February 2nd or February 8th that the law for New York actually is in place and must be obeyed regarding this new delivery fee stuff. So I think we're now in the zone where in about two weeks, we'll probably start to see some lawsuits about they're not going to be paying that anymore. Or if it's if it's the old playbooks that they're going to try and use, guess what? They're just going to stop paying it and they're going to tell New York to take them to court. And we know how that goes. That'll take a couple years or at least a year. And then they get in front of a judge. They buy off a bunch of people. They put money in the right pockets of the right politicians. And all of a sudden, boom, that legislation goes away. We'll see. I, I'm also not a fan of it either. Um, speaking of, I know that a lot of people are a big fan of the Seattle model. My friend Sergio over at the Rideshare Guy is a big fan of the Seattle model for gig workers. However, I know Sergio was is a big fan of the rideshare portion. Now, I think that it, in that in that respect, he's completely right because why shouldn't rideshare fall under the same um treatment that taxi and limo drivers get? So, the taxi and limousine commission up there were the originators to take Uber and Lyft and say no, they have to be paid this at least. You have to do this, this and this for benefits. But then they moved, and they and at first it was going to be no, just delivery or just rideshare. Then they moved delivery into it. Well, now guess what? Shipped, Target, Target owns Shipped. Same day delivery service Shipped pauses op Seattle operations because of recently passed labor laws. So even a major corporation like Target has recognized we cannot pay these people this. This is not doable. They're independent contractors. They're not our employees. Stop pushing this down our throat. I think that we need, I've, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again because it's the new year. We need legislation that puts things in place. We need legislation that, yes, puts, maybe maybe it does need to in every state, puts rideshare under the same, the same perks and obligations. We'll use both as taxi and limousines because that it's the same thing. I mean, it's a little bit different how you do it, an app that brings it. But at the end, it's the same thing. You are contacting a company to rent a vehicle to get you from A to B or to rent a limo for the night to take you all around so you're renting it by the hour, whatever the model might be that they choose, that might have to fall underneath the taxi and limo commission. I, I might fully agree with that what i don't like is that all these delivery companies are jumping on board with this too we saw this with prop 22 it was intended to help rideshare drivers it has helped when i say none i mean let's let's say that under two percent means none okay so it has helped none rideshare drivers in california prop 22 and it was designed for rideshare drivers when ab5 passed which pushed the meaning of Prop 22. Prop 22 and the Flex Association started all that in January, and it went through and was voted on in November of 2020. It was passed by Newsom in October of 2019. AB5 put millions of, of 
20, 30-year businesses out of business and unable to work still to this day. Prop 22 was a fight to let rideshare drivers and whatnot, gig workers, work, gig platform workers work uh, as independent contractors by getting a proposition exemption. With that came a couple things. Rideshare drivers who were supposed to be the beneficiaries don't see anything of that. And again, let's use that 2% because that's a number that I've seen. There are some, but under 2% of the rideshare drivers in California receive anything from Prop 22 because we also know that the perks to get uh, the Prop 22 medical and whatnot are very tough to get. And here's the other thing, and I'm going to relate it to something. If you if you have insurance, personal insurance, not the insurance you carry on your car, but like medical, and you're an independent contractor and you pay for it yourself. If you ever have to get medication, how much is that medication? How much is it if you out of out of pocket if you have no insurance? And that's always on there, and then it'll show with insurance what the insurance paid, right? Why is it that in 80%, now I understand there's always going to be extreme cases, but why is it 80% of the time, GoodRx, the website, can get you a better deal on your medication than your insurance can? Unless you're at some level of insurance that's just crazy, normally only issued by W-2 jobs, because most of us are not paying $3,000 a month for medical insurance. And that's the type of PPP plan you would need to to really optimize getting, you know, like $0 insurance. Like I can tell you this year, I, uh, you know, I don't have it in front of me, but my insurance deductible for the year went crazy. It is now 9,800 out of my pocket first. And then it says dash 18,420 or something. And I'm like, what, what is that? No, I don't even know. I've never seen that. And I've had these kind of cards for years. I know it's normally just one number like that 9,000. I just said that just goes up every year, but now there's like a dash 18. I don't know what that is. So probably today <laughs> I was kind of waiting for new year's day to pass. I'm going to call and say, yo, what is this? Like, what is, why is one number over almost twice as much as the first deductible number? I, I don't understand. So, and then it has has to have you guessing what am I paying for? So, I'm just bringing up this stuff because we live in a world of everybody trying to take advantage of us, while at the same time we have a lot of we have millions of people who should not be working in this country, working illegally and taking our jobs. Now, I'm not against the illegals. I'm just saying. You know, if I was thrown into a country, no, you know, I can't speak for them, why they came here and what they were told. And if they were told it's all rainbows and unicorns and candy up here, I don't know. But once they get here, of course, they have to try and survive. That's just instinct with us all. But what they're doing is buying illegal accounts. And the first line getting hit is the infantry line of gig platform workers, which is us. We need to do something about this. Because this and the way it will tie in with some legislation is not going to be pretty. I've talked to people. I've been talking to people. I've been staying on top of this. 
we need to get something under control before this legislation gets passed because it also is there's going to be caps on how many people can work the platforms and i think we're already seeing that we already know like i can tell you guys door dashers that i talk to like you know the ones who are platinum or diamond or top dash or prancer vixen whatever you know they they used to say, oh, I'm seeing all the best offers, but, you know, I see a lot of trash. Now even they're saying, I don't really, I'm, they're all trash. So is that because illegals are renting accounts and taking all the offers? Absolutely. Is DoorDash cracking down on this with their facial recognition that they already have in place on every account? Hell no. Hell no, because they don't want to catch the people working illegally because those accounts are going 24 hours a day with multiple people running them. So why are they going to facial recognition? They're not going to facial recognition people taking um, no-tip orders that are complete trash that they used to think, why does nobody take these? We got to get these out. They're not going to bust down on that because that's helping their bottom line. What we need to start doing is talking about the real and quit talking about how to put a bag at a door. Those days are gone. Those days are gone. We don't need to be talking about how to deliver a bag and how to how to do this or how to do that. I mean, if people have questions, ask them. But we need to start talking about the real. And that's what we're going to get into this year. With that said, I know it was more of a rant, but welcome to 2024. Um, what is today? Today's Tuesday. Tomorrow, the last mile will happen. Okay? Last mile's back. Um, Thursday, um, the para or, or the gig app podcast by para returns and we have another CEO join us on the para gig smarter channel on YouTube. Um, join us on the para official, uh, um, group on, uh, Facebook, um, and check that out. Roundtable is not back this week, but it is back next week, next Thursday, the 11th, 7 p.m. or 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And uh, we will be back. Then we'll be back on Thursdays for that. This week, we'll be back on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific with the Gig App podcast by Para. David and I will be doing that. And um, we have some great guests coming up. And then tomorrow, last mile. And the audio podcast is going to have some very intense episodes coming up that I think you guys aren't going to want to miss. Um, I've been really keep trying to keep these to an hour now. Um, some pieces on YouTube, you guys, do go a bit longer. But these are going to stay at about an hour. So um, with that said, uh, please be good to each other. Um, you know... Really, really take into account what's going into your market. Um, you know, it might even be worth, you know, jot some notes down, shoot some video, send it to your congressman. Hey, why on earth were there 25 workers, gig workers on any given night on this main street in a, you know, you'd have to take a smaller town. Denver's too hard. It's too big. But like, if you live in a somewhat smaller town, why uh, where all the restaurants are on the street where there were 25 gig workers, are there now 75 and 30% of them are out of state plates? These are things our congressman needs to hear because they'll want to know why are people driving in to work in our state 
without estate plates. And wait, why are these, wait, that account, that car isn't even registered to somebody with an account. We need to start looking into this stuff. Um, and it might take us because the police are very cautious in staying away from this type of stuff. Prosecutors, all that kind of thing. But now, guys, get ready because here's the last thing I got to say to you guys today. We are in the political spin zone now. I waited till now to say it, but it is now 2024. In, what is it, November 8th? So in six days, um, we will be 10 months out from voting a new president. That means that the next 10 months could be some of the scariest ever, given the what we've seen of this administration so far to date. That said, onboard to more apps, onboard to smaller apps. Look to see if you have local apps. Look to see what other gig work avenues you could you could find. I'm looking into others. I just told you guys about Fetch. I know you probably already heard about it. it might not be in your market. I'm going to be talking about a lot of smaller things that maybe you could do some money with. Some of them aren't good for me, but maybe some of them would be good for you. I'm going to try and bring you guys everything I got while at the same time keeping you updated on what is going on in the country, but also what is going on in your states. So stay tuned here. I will bring as many over to YouTube as possible, but you guys on the audio podcast, you know that I'll be here every week, every Tuesday. And guess what, guys? That's episode 311. Welcome to 2024. Be safe, earn smart, and we'll see you back here next week on Rodeo.